This morning, uh, well, just a few minutes ago, I know that's not this morning, but just a few minutes ago, I'm used to saying this morning, we mentioned several things that would concern anyone. Missy has that terrible news about a man that through his frustrations, he committed suicide. We never know. We never know what's going on in someone else's house. It may have been that that man, when people were around him at the coffee shop, maybe he was friendly, maybe he was one that everybody thought he had it going for him. But it could be someone that was so depressed that he was staying at home and getting worse and worse and worse, locking himself in the rooms, closing the shutters. We don't know what goes on in other people's homes. And that's with this group right here. We don't have that many people here. But there are concerns that we have that we're living with this very moment. This very moment. Yes, we have great joys. We have great joys in that Aaron is coming home. He's coming back to Texas. God's country. So we have joys. But then we have those situations in which it's kind of mixed because we've got to get him back here first and heaven help him if he doesn't have the truck already loaded up. Um, we'll be saying prayers extra one for him. But we have those in our lives, don't we? Uh, as I live 350 miles away from, uh, no, it's 250 from Ashley, 175 from Jay, there's things going on in their families. And if it's going on with their families, then it affects me. There's a lot of good things. They send me a lot of good news about what the kids are doing. But our lives are mixed. And in the midst of one day, we have so many emotional turns. And it is without even notice. I mean, not without notice, but any notice being given to us. It's a surprise. Then all of a sudden, uh, it's hit us. But we have something that is always constant. Always constant. In the times of the strain, the, the fears, the, uh, the emotional roller coaster rides that we have, there is one thing that is always constant, and that is Him. That is Jesus Christ. He is always the custom. The, the, the one that is always there. The one we can count on. When Jim went to bed last Sunday night, he wasn't expecting to have the kind of week he had. Mary wasn't expecting that kind of week she had. It is without notice, all of a sudden we're hit. But even in those times, they're praying. You're praying for them. The prayers are powerful. And we all know that. We know that He is with us in all of those issues. I may be saying a prayer for my uh, granddaughters as, as she goes to a special event in Dallas. Uh, and yet I may very well be lifting up a prayer for a friend of mine that has notified me that there is great sorrow in their family. So it's back and forth for all of us. But there is that one constant that we always turn to. And aren't we glad? Aren't we just so happy that He is the constant, He is the glue in our lives. That He does not fluctuate back and forth. That His Word is as true now as it was when it was written over 2,000 years ago. A constant. And we, we need that constant uh, Word. 
support in our lives. Like in a family, when there's all of these different dynamics going on, drama, if you will, it is very important that there is that foundation of the family. The family is there. In our family, we would gather together for dinner together. We had special events during the weeks for the kids, spotlighting the kids. Uh, we called it a family night where we'd go out. One child would have this week, and they got to pick the restaurant, the movie, or whatever we did that night. That was their night. And when we came back, we'd always uh, lift them up in praise. And that was hard for their brother or their sister to say something nice about them. But there would not be anything negative. And they looked forward to that. And I didn't know it so much until Jay told one of his best friends, Nancy uh, Edwards' son, Carl, that we were talking about today. He's the one that let it slip how much Jay enjoyed those evenings. So that family unit is important. Our church family unit is very, very important. We rely on each other in ways we're not even consciously aware of. But when we come together, Sunday school, the women's group, the men's group, the worship services, we come together as a family of God. And, and then we welcome people like Fred and Gloria. Welcome to our house. Welcome to the family of Jesus Christ. In the book of Revelations, the third chapter, the 15th verse. Jesus is speaking. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Haven't we all been there? We'd, we'd like to think we're always on fire for the Lord. But don't we get into the ashes is just kind of simmering. We're not really hot. We're not really cold. And yet, like I've seen the women come back from some women's revival and they're almost bouncing when they come into the parking lot. The van is bouncing. They're on cloud 15, not nine, but 15. And they're so filled with the Holy Spirit. So we have those swings, but we do have those times in which it's a lull. And yet, He is asking us always be on fire for Him. If we see, if we witness someone that is having a difficult time, then a word, a kind word from one of us may make all the difference in the world in that person's day. And if someone's having a wonderful day, the fact that you join with them, say, God, I'm so happy for you. I'm glad this is what's happened to your family. I'm happy about the scholarship. I am so happy. You know, whatever it is. But we celebrate for Jesus, with Jesus. We're not doing it by ourselves. And I know I've had those times that I was reluctant to. Reluctant to go up. I don't want to seem pushy or chubby. I don't want to seem like uh, I'm just... Uh, out of place, if you will, that maybe my words are. And yet I have learned in just these last few years that if he leads me through it, to it, he's going to lead me through it. Right? If he asks me to go help somebody, he's already told us in the Word, don't worry about what you're going to say. We are to follow our heart. When we see there is a need, and we don't have to preach the Gospel when we go to him, but we go there as Christians that love them. 
we go and we share that. And maybe, Lurleen, maybe that's kind of what you're talking about here. You sense the joy and the happiness we have here and the desire to share the word of Jesus Christ with this community. How wonderful. And when we do that, then things do happen. Things happen that are wonderful. Young people give their life to Christ. And then there's an old man like Fred. He comes and joins the church. So we have that kind of situation. We got you here, Fred, finally. And we're happy. But it's so true, isn't it? It is so true. And we don't know what young person's life was touched this morning when they saw Kobe being baptized and when they saw those other young people standing up because they too have given their life to Christ. We don't know. But it touches their lives and we are to be His witness. His witness. And there's been a lot of times that I was a Christian, but I wasn't a very good witness. Has anybody else ever been there? Or is that just mine? Rob and I are on the same page. We've been there. Two out of 25, that's pretty good. Uh, But we, we hesitate. And then later on going down the road, why did I hesitate? Why didn't I say what I was going to say? Why didn't I speak up? Why didn't I give that person $5? That's not going to kill me. I'm not going to miss lunch today. And it might make a difference whether they get a meal all day long. Why? God put it on my heart, so why didn't I obey Him? Why didn't I do that? We are called to be His children. And if we're not hot, we're not cold, He's just going to spew us out. I, for one, don't want to be spewed out. I want to be on fire for the Lord, not just on Sunday, but each day of the week. We gather together for many reasons. And we have the opportunity to reignite each other, to set each other on fire. We can do that with the enthusiasm that is burning deep inside of you and me. And maybe this time, I'm on fire and Rob's not. But maybe next time Rob's on fire and I'm not. So we, we, we feed off of each other. We feed off of each other. Just like Mark Holocker. He was actually told not to even come to Sunday school. That's what he told me. He says, if you go there, is taking a risk. Because we still have a lot of people in the building. But he wanted to be here. He wanted to be with the misfits. He fits right in as a misfit. <laughs> Continuing on in Revelations the 20th verse. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they, and they with me. I have never heard Wayne, it's Jesus come to the door. I've never heard that. But I've had times when I felt His presence. It might be um, some of the guys get together early mornings and they share in in the laughter and joy. Sometimes there is that Spirit that you know it's, it's God. God is in there amongst that conversation in the joy and the laughter and all the cutting up. There's a bond. And that bond is Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's in an office place when people are so busy, they don't even hardly have a chance, as we say, to look up. And yet, when there's a quiet moment or two, somebody walks in the office and maybe that one person says, I've noticed you've really been busy today. 
a lot of stress. I'm praying for you. Wow! Wow! All of a sudden, things change. Because it's not only me, but it's the Lord in me. They can't conquer that. Nobody can overcome that. The Lord and I together, we're, nobody can conquer it. We're invincible. So all of a sudden, a day that was so gloomy, so drab, filled with stress, emotional roller coaster, all of a sudden that spirit is there. And you say, whoever's next, you're not going to rob my joy. I don't care what your problem is. You are not going to rob the joy that I have in Jesus Christ. You are with me. Lord, you are with me. And we are a team. Isn't that wonderful? And just somebody just happens to say, I'm praying for you. How difficult is that for any of us? I notice you're having a rough day. And I want you to know I'm praying for you. How awesome. How awesome is that? Jesus is knocking. He's wanting to come in. Let him in. When he's on your heart, let him in. Don't deny him. Don't walk away. Golly, I wish I'd have paid attention. Oh, y'all know the reason Aggies have flat heads? They're always going. (laughs) So we have the opportunity to have God in our life each and every day of each and every uh, week. We have it no matter what. I imagine there was... Well, I'm not even going to say imagine. I know with Jim and Mary, they spent a lot of time in prayer this last week. So they were pulling closer and closer to Him. Now, they're always close, but in those kind of trials and when someone you love is going through what Jim was and it's sometimes worse on the person standing there, you go to God. And you may even end up on your knees because you're going to God. You want to have that direct line. So you spend more time doing that. People would call Jim and Mary and they would pray together. More prayers in their day. So some good came out of it. In the midst of a storm, Jesus will calm the waters. And He is going to be there for you and me. And certainly Jim and Mary can attest to that this very day. So we know that He is knocking And when he's knocking, we're going to open up the door. We're not going to procrastinate. We're not going to put it off. We're going to go with it. And at the end of the third chapter of Revelation, listen to this sentence, please. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Those with ears, let them hear His Word. The word of Jesus Christ. Let us be in tune with Him so we can be receptive of those words and that that, uh, loving Spirit that will be with us and guide us. In the fourth chapter of Acts, the twelfth verse, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to make given to mankind by which we must be saved. Acts 4.12 Another name 
There are many people that have this ego, ultra ego. They think that they are God in the present tense. They are the ruler. Even George Bush says being president, the power is addictive. And you know when some people get just a little bit of power, what will happen. So we, we know that He is going to be there with us and there's no other name. I don't care who's in Washington. I don't care who's in the city government. I don't care who's anywhere else. There is one name only. Some people read the Old Testament and they are scared to death. They said, don't talk to me about a loving God. Look what He did to these people. Look what He did there. They wiped out the whole community. Not just the men, but the women and children. Look at this. Look how He attacked everybody. There's nothing love in here. He actually gave them their instructions because He loved them. He was trying to protect them from all of those pagan gods the other people had. He knew that if they captured those, brought them into their community, they would start, and it's in the Bible as well, in the Old Testament, worshiping their gods, building uh, statues to them, idols, and before you know it, it infiltrated the Hebrews. God is a jealous God. He has one God. And He is the only salvation. The only one. I don't care how, how deep your pockets are, how wealthy you may be. I don't care if you have nothing. There's only one God. There's one God and one God only. I have heard it said about some people, and I heard it, I guess, more in college when they talk about somebody that just came across so slick. And, they, and the comment might be, boy, he just thinks he's God. He might be a good football player, Donnie Anderson. People of that nature, they're known on the campus. But they're not God. They're not even close to God. And sooner or later, if they are wise, they will turn to the real God. They may have a terrible nosedive. And then they realize He truly is my God. And I will never turn away from Him again. One God for you, one God for all of us. By studying together, we grow together. 1 John, the first chapter and the ninth verse. First nine, first John, first chapter, ninth verse. If we confess our sins, woo! Do we have sins? We're Christians. We go to church every Sunday. We don't have sins, surely not. Well, there's a new awakening for each and every one of us. We have sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Once He has gotten into our system, once He has taken control, if you will, once we have surrendered to Him, there's that purifying effect. And it's amazing how the home life is better. Our relationships with our kids are better. <laughs> When there is the joy of the Lord, for He is in control, He is in charge, He is 
our Savior. Makes him wonder. Maybe you don't have as many irate customers when you go out and see them. Because I know you pray before you go up and see them. But when God is there, I've seen it. When somebody was just feeling, then they start settling down. You maybe you say, before we have this discussion, you mind if we have a prayer? It's amazing how that will change the entire conversation. Or you're sitting in the truck and you have that prayer before you go in and you ask God to be with them and to soften them and to soften yourself. Let us have a conversation. Not an argument. Surrender to Him. All sorts of beautiful things happen. It's happened in my life and I hope it's happened in yours. I hope it has. I've shared this story, but not all of you have heard it because not all of you go back to 1906. <laughs> so I'm going to share it again. And those of you that go back to 1906, your memory's sliding anyway, so you won't remember. <laughs> After my mom and dad's uh, death, uh, dad passed away three months later. He went home. He, he said, God, take me. Because he'd lived for mother those many years. And so the day after the funeral of my dad, my brother wanted to have a beat. That is the last thing I wanted to do from the day before we buried dad. I was responsible for all the arrangements and all of that, but he wanted to get this done before he goes back to Orange, Texas. My young nephew, not so young anymore, he got older, but I didn't. He had the wisdom to know his dad, to know his dad's temper. And his dad was ready for bear. And I confess that there's some things I did when I was in charge of mom and dad and the state paying bills and taking care of this and that. If I had to do it over again, I'd have made another decision. But on the spur of the moment, I did what I thought was best. My nephew went to his dad and two hours up at that hotel room, he visited with his dad. I don't know if I say visit, if that's the right word or not. But he had two hours with him. And when he left, he had no idea if that helped or hindered the situation. The next morning, our brother, Gene, and I were there. We wanted our oldest sons there, so Jay was there. And so was his oldest son, Rick. His son, Rick, stayed out in his truck for 15 minutes. I found out later, I was wondering, what's the issue? Your phone call from San Antonio or what? But he was praying. Still gets to me. So the four of us are in there, and I, I am ready. I've got my shoulder pads on, my helmet on, my shin guards on. This is not going to be proof. My older brother knows how to work me over. But it couldn't have gone more amiably if I had written the script. It went so smoothly. So smoothly. And I have no doubt it had to do with the prayers my young nephew had been praying and his visit with his dad. But instead of something that would have ripped us apart for the rest of our lives, one of those deals 
and we don't talk about a lot of money. I mean, I found out it would be $5,000 and two people can, a brother or sister, never speak together again. I've seen it over appliances, like who got the refrigerator? And they never speak. Ours could have been that. But we have a great relationship today. I visited with him very easily yesterday, asking about the kids, ranking a great relationship. But it all changed once my nephew went over and talked to his dad and sat out there and prayed for those 15 minutes. It all changed. It was a very, very blessed experience with my brother. Because of prayer, it can happen in your life. If it has not, it can happen. When we surrender to Him, when we turn it over to Him, and I'm not just talking about, okay, Lord, it's yours, and we go in and act like horses rear. It's not like that. We turn it over to Him or we don't. Who's in charge here? But if we talk like Christians and behave like Christians, things will happen on the positive side. And so that's what He's talking about. Only God. We have only one God. He is the one that we go to in those good and bad times. I'm going to uh, read this again. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar and His words is not in us. Each and every one of us are sinners. We have fallen short. And folks, it is not a contest. Who has the most sins? Well, I'm doing better than that one over there. I know what he was doing last night. It's not like that. It is not a contest. In Romans, the 10th chapter, and I'm going to jump around here. I'm going to start with the ninth verse. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Everyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It is much easier for us to sit here today and do that than the believers in Jesus Christ and in Iran and Iraq, Afghanistan. Much easier. Much easier. But we are called on to confess the name of our Lord under each and every circumstances is Jesus Christ. During the prison camps, World War II German prison camps, we I'm surely you've seen the pictures how how skinny all of these people are and how you just wonder how they have enough strength even to stand in line when they're called out there. But they're called out and Someone escaped. When one person escaped, ten that were there would die. Ten for one. So they're going through the names of the people that are going to die. And this one guy broke down in tears. 
He says, please, please. My wife is waiting for me. We have young children. They're waiting for me. And he was pleading with everything in his heart that they would not execute him. There was a priest there and he was known to be sharing his food even though there wasn't much there. He was the one that was helping others when they were down and out. And this priest steps forward and he says, take me. And he started addressing the commander. And that was something you never did. That could be a bullet in your head instantly or the rifle butt to your head. It was not, it was not going to be pleasant. But with courage, this priest, the father came forward and he says, take me. I am old. I am weak. I cannot carry the load like this young man is. Substitute me for him. He is a better worker. All of a sudden, he turns it around and starts talking about how this younger guy can carry the load, but as an older man, he could not. The commander said, okay. After the war, that individual that was saved went home to his family. And this day, there's a statue in that prison camp for that father, that priest, that stepped forward his life for the life of another. You and I may never be called on to do that. Let's hope we never are. But we will be called on to step forward for Jesus Christ. When the line is there and nobody's stepping forward, it might be you and it might be me that needs to step forward and says, Jesus, Lord, He is my Savior. And I can just envision it like some movies I have seen. He takes one step forward and then another guy and another guy and before everybody has stepped forward because one person had the courage to speak up for Jesus Christ. One person. Will it be you? Will it be me? We're called to speak for Jesus Christ. For we have only one Lord and one Savior. That is Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we come to You this evening in love. We love You with our whole heart, Lord, and we know we trip, we stumble, we fall. And there are those times, dear Lord, that we're not even proud of ourselves. But we know that in all situations, Your love is always there. We confess and You forgive and we start a new chapter in our life. Dear Lord, we know that we will be called on small ways or in large ways, but each of us will be called on to be a witness for you in our offices, in our families, in the community. We will be called upon. Go with us now as we leave your house. We leave your house and we take the love of Jesus Christ with us. It's in your name, your name, Jesus Christ. Amen.